You would think, think about trying to do to me. <laughs> now, that is not going in as the intro of the show. <laughs> All right, yeah, tell is. me that is not going in as the intro. Well, I don't know. Welcome to a milestone Ooh, episode. Baby. You are now listening to episode 50. Five. Oh, where's my horn? Here we go. Wow. Oh, we're not going to get 50 of those? No. <laughs> episode not 50. An enthusiastic horn. Of the Cigar Snob Podcast, I am Nick Jimenez, joined by Eric Calvino. What's up, Nick? And Ivan Ocampo. Hello. Hello, indeed. For episode 50 of the Cigar Snob Podcast, we are going to talk about a whole bunch of things, including the Arturo Fuente cigar that we are currently smoking. Just wait until after this commercial break to find out what it is. The suspense must be killing you. Villiger Cigars, celebrating 130 years in tobacco, unveils its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. The Villiger La Vencedora is the follow-up cigar to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclán and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. This Nicaraguan puro, wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano puro wrapper, boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villiger La Vencedora, which translates to the victor, emits a billowing aromatic smoke throughout the smoky experience. The Villiger La Vencedora, a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. On this, the 50th episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast, we are smoking Arturo Fuente Don Carlos in Robusto, which is a 5 by 50 This cigar is uh, wrapped in a Cameroon wrapper with Dominican fillers, and it retails for about $9.79. At least that's the price that I found on Famous. There are not prices on, on their website, and obviously this has been around for quite some time, so I'm not quite sure what the MSRP is. But in any case, it's in that ballpark. It's always a uh, always a treat when you get to smoke some of uh, some Fuente stuff. Yes, it is, man. Yes, it is. Yeah, we got this at uh, obviously during the photo shoots. Right, right. But before we get into those photo shoots, which we we talked a bit about in episode what was that forty eight? Um, long time ago. So long ago. <laughs> uh, let's talk about about this this uh, Carlos. Uh, sorry, Arturo Fuente, Don Carlos. It, it, so this is uh I get asked all the time what uh what are your go-to you know uh, sort of a cigar that you don't have to think about you could just grab it so when I and this is one of those for me not specifically this size I'm I'm a big fan of the Corona and uh so yeah that it's it's a cigar that that just delivers every time for me I like the that cedar that it has that nuts a little bit of touch of spice I, this is a this is this is something I smoke all the time, so uh, I'm a big fan. Ivan, I'm not smoking as you guys are because I'm having another medical issue as usual. Oh man, yeah, but I do have it in my mouth. I was hoping to get some of those okay. uh, juices, those legendary uh, Fuente juices. That okay. <laughs> so how, how's the pre light aroma on that thing? Ah, amazing. How's the baba aroma on the other side? <laughs> <laughs> you know what what cigar I'm talking about though. Done with the juices. That yes, I, yes, I, yes. So, for those of you who are Fuente, longtime Fuente fans, 
you probably know what he's talking about too. Mm. So Eric totally on board with that that bit of spice. It also has like a, a sweetness that I associate with with this and some other other stuff. It's almost kind of like a molassesy. Yeah, um, to me, it comes across like a little bit of cedar cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's it, got it, that it's sort of like toasty sweet yeah, of, yeah. of like a caramel or a cinnamon it's, or. It's such a well-made cigar, man. Every time, uh, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. So we will be revisiting this. I want to say that we're all, uh, or the, the two except of us, for Ivan, are, yeah. except for Ivan, are, are roughly half an inch into it. So all of us, except for Ivan. That's right. So we'll uh, we'll see how it develops as we break through the rest of the first third and into the second third of uh, developing things. So <laughs> speaking of Fuente, you guys were just in the Dominican Republic shooting uh, or, or there to produce a shoot. Yep, yep. And uh, uh, that may have something to do with Ivan's medical condition. Okay, so so let's let's back into this. Ivan, are are we comfortable getting into your medical condition? Sure, here? go ahead. So, well, I don't tell, tell us tell us what's going on with you. What your, do you want to know about it? T- tell me what's wrong with your body. Right Other now. than I haven't eaten in the last five days. Oh man. Yeah, and you know what? I really didn't overeat while I was there. I no, was, I, I, was, I know. I was I know. kind of. Nobody. I was kind of. Kind uh, of good. Kind of good. And that's always, uh, that's always the worst, when you feel like you're being responsible and it ends up fucking you up anyway. I was still fucked up. But uh, but the food is so good there. It just, most of it is fried. I can't eat a lot of fried food. But you, you should not eat a lot of fried food. Right. Do, uh, do you get into why I did, not or no? I, I, don't know. I don't know. I have no exact reason for it, but I just ate as, uh, too much. I probably ate, uh, drank too much. I smoked too much. And uh, I'm paying for it now, so... There you go. I have story this, uh, of my life. So, so there was this one, or the last, the last night in Santo Domingo, uh, we were at Cameroon Cigar Bar, and across the street from Cameroon Cigar Bar is a uh, parrillada type restaurant. So it's like an outdoor barbecue type of place. And Ivan had been talking about the mofongo that they make there. For those of you that don't know, mofongo is a uh, is like a almost like a mashed potato, but it's made out. It's like a mashed plantain mm-hmm. um, cooked in like uh, lard with uh, fried pork chunks, which they call chicharrón, which is super delicious. And this particular one that he likes has shrimp in it, in addition to all that goodness. And with, he was uh, so freaking happy eating with, it. Yeah, with alajillo on it, which is yeah, yeah that's right. even the shrimp more is, garlic. It was garlicky shrimp. Oil, so yeah. you should have seen his face uh, as he's eating it. He was like in bliss, yeah. <laughs> in a state of bliss eating this because it is – it is outrageously good. It's it's kind of decadent and rich and delicious. And I even I, I had to eat some of it because it looks so damn good. And he looks so damn happy eating it. So so to see him eating that so happily and then this week the poor guy hasn't hasn't eaten anything. So That's rough. Yeah, that was rough. I'm but, glad I'm glad you're enjoying all of this. <laughs> as I'm trying to be, you know, consider it. So, so whenever it is that you're recovered it, what is your approach to? Because you gotta allow yourself something every. Maybe Some you don't food? go that crazy. When you're finally recovered, I mean, what what is your your next peak intestinal condition meal? Like, what is the thing that you're looking forward to? Getting I mean, back coming into? coming off of it. Yeah, no, you're, once, once you're, you're recovered, once you're when good. you're 100. percent When I'm 100. percent Yeah, what are you gonna use to mess yourself up all over again? Oh, okay, probably a mofongo. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's what I'll go back to. Yeah. I think we need that clip of uh, Mofongo, Guy Fieri with Mofongo. I've been all over the world. Never even heard of Mofongo. Um, that stuff is magical. 
how did the shoot go? So tell people, tell tell the people. We we've been through this a little bit on the previous banter sure. podcast, but tell the people about uh, about how it went, where you guys were shooting, what that was like. Do you want to give them a a rundown of what we did, Ivan? Sure. So the crew flew down to Santiago. Um, it was it was like seven or eight or eight of us. Um, some Total almost eight, yeah. some almost didn't make it. Uh, so we get to Santiago. Um, stayed at the Gran Almirante, which is uh, the hotel that hosts most of. Yeah, like a pro cigar, most people most, say there. Most it's... the pro cigar travelers, right? Uh, and we visited um, uh, Arturo Fuentes' factory. Yeah, uh, Arturo Fuentes. The first day, yeah. So, which it was my first time going there, which was, uh, it exceeded everything that I had ever imagined and heard about it. So it and was I, excellent. I tried, I tried to, to set you up and, and kind of prepare you for that factory, but it, there's just nothing like it. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So we shot at... Uh, what they call La Catedral, which is in, in Planta Uno, which is the first, the main uh, factory. And uh, so we shot there. What day was that? It's our first day, yeah. Well, that was the first full day. Uh, we shot there all day. Then we went the next day to Chateau. And La Catedral is, is where the rollers are, are rolling. So, yeah, that's the factory where they make, uh, where they make most of the high-end Fuentes. So that's where you have the, the Hemingways are made there. Uh, the chateaus are made there. The uh, opus sexes are made there, and so yeah, it, it's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing place. It's uh, it was so uh, impactful. Uh, this photo shoot crew who never smoke cigars, right? These people are they're not regular cigar smokers except for Ivan, Yami, and I. Couple cigarette smokers. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Couple cigarette smokers were are in the. These are the people who help us uh, produce the photo shoots. So when I say the the photo shoot crew, that's what I'm talking about, and uh, and these people were so moved by the place and by the experience of it that uh, two of them asked me uh, for a cigar that day, which was really impressive that that a, a place uh, could could move them so much to hey you know I really want to try one of these things. We're talking about our photographer who's worked with us for I think like six years already. Long time. And never, 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 never. Yeah, never not once. Me. Yeah. He hasn't yeah. once asked for a cigar, and we've shot with every type of cigar, including Fuentes. In, a, in the past, we've shot with just about every brand, and being there at the factory moved him to the point of like, okay, today I want to try a cigar. And so yeah. I thought that was impressive, and, uh, and also the uh, stylist, right? Yeah, a female uh, virgin cigar smoker. Yeah, and, and so both of these people were moved to the point of trying a cigar, so that was very impressive to me that that uh, the place could do that uh, to a non-cigar smoker. So that was cool. And then uh, and then we had dinner that night with Carlito, uh, the, the entire crew with Carlito at Pasticho's. That was, that was awesome uh, to just get, you know, time with him. And, uh, and then the next day we went to Chateau. So Chateau de la Fuente, and we shot there, which is, again, another magical place. Amazing venue. Again, yeah. the model for that day, she posted even on her Instagram, like, this this location today, like just how how amazing the location was. She didn't even smoke cigars. It's not yeah. her thing. Yeah. And uh, and yet again, so impressed by the place. So uh, if you that, that that's not a, a venue that you get to visit every day, right? Or if you're just a cigar smoker outside of uh, the industry, you prob you probably don't have the opportunity to go there unless you participate. At the moment, the only way to see it. Uh, is if you participate in in uh, CFCF, which is the Cigar Family uh, Celebration. 
And also, if you go to Pro Cigar and you take the tour of the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, right? You can also uh, you can also go there. So, if you have the opportunity to go to any one of those two events, uh, by all means, if you're a fan of of the Fuente brands, uh, take it. Take your opportunity to do it because it's it is magical. It's just a magical location. Uh, and the way they treat you there, the Fuentes treat you like yeah, if you're first class, really, really first class. They were very hospitable, so yeah. we really appreciated it. And then we're going to try to put together a trip to take people down to Chateau de la Fuente because I think it's it's something that more people should see. Uh, so, you know, stay tuned for that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm in the process of planning it where we take you down, you visit the, the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation and see the school and see all the great things that they do. And then you get to hang out at the uh, Chateau de la Fuente House of Dreams, which is the beautiful house that you will see in the upcoming photo shoot. It's just it's. It's beautiful. So uh, we're going to try to do something like that. You get to see El Grito de Carlito, which is uh, in the movie Lost City and which has a great story behind the name. I asked one of the – I don't know if if you guys know, but I asked one of the workers, how did they come up with El Grito de Carlito? And apparently, I guess when Carlito was younger, he would ride his truck up up the road and there's a hump at the top. He would fly through there, barrel through there, and he'd catch air on his truck and I guess he would yell, so everybody would call it a grito de Carlito. Yeah, he yeah. would say Yahoo, going over <laughs> something like so, that. Yeah. yeah, and but he also uh, he would also stand uh, at the highest point there, and uh, and right. like just yeah, it was a bit like a vast forest underneath, and so he would. Uh, this is before all that was built, right? And uh, and so they, they call that place a grito de Carlito, which in English would be Carlito's yell. Yeah, I like the sound of yeah. the el, Yahoo, el Yahoo de Carlito. Yeah, but then that could be confused with a chocolate drink, right? You know, <laughs> Carlitos Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the next product from the Fuentes. Well, Carlitos, so just to wrap Carlitos up the Yahoo. the photo shoot, we also went to Santo Domingo and shot in the in the colonial part of town, which was uh, it's an amazing little uh, colonial area that's fairly well kept. Uh, yeah. You know, there's colonial areas in in other towns like in Puerto Rico and things like that, but uh, but this one's pretty good. And the restaurants there are badass. Give diverticulitis there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a little shout out to Patapalo, or is that was that you're going to be your? No, no. Shout out to Patapalo. Patapalo, the restaurant sure. we had dinner with our friend uh, Francisco Batido. Thank you for hosting us. Did you say Francisco Batido? No, it's Francisco Batista. I said Batista. I think we, we, Batista. Yeah, yeah, I did. yeah. We'll play it back right here. <laughs> Frank, he called you Batido, not me. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's a great dude. He's, we got to uh, play golf with him for sure. He uh, he runs yeah he runs uh, the Audio Factory and you know he's such a great host. That's what you get when you throw some uh, some Balmoral cigars and Carlitos Yahoo in a blender. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> un Francisco, un Francisco <laughs> Um All right, so that is a nice little segue into uh, our next topic here. We, uh, we spoke on the last podcast about the trip that our art director, Andy, and I will be taking to the Dominican Republic. We're not going to go too deep into it here because we've already spoken about it and the trip hasn't happened yet. But uh, we do have a uh, little, uh, little wager that everyone else in the office is participating in. Andy and I are just sort of in the dark on uh, the details. But, Ivan, this was your idea, uh, and I think it's... The best idea anybody's had around here in a very long time. Tell the people about this so that when we come back after the trip and, and kind of recap and we do the big reveal, 
uh, you know, the, the anticipation yeah. will have yeah. built. Okay, so Santo Domingo is a very culinary city that I was not aware of. And one of the staples is the totong, which is a, a fried plantain. Fried, mashed, or smashed, right? Right. Okay, you always have to get so technical on my description. It's a fried plantain. <laughs> it, yes, smashed. So, so, uh, where was I? It's that you, you were explaining totones. <laughs> <laughs> I just added that it's smashed. <laughs> Threw them off. <laughs> no, it's... Right. So while we were down there, we ate so many totones. I just figured it would be an interesting wager that we had here in the bet to see how many, if you guys were willing to participate, how many totones you would actually eat while you were down there. Because if I had to keep track of how, however many I ate, Eric ate and Yami ate, that was it was a lot. A truckload. It was a lot. Yeah. So uh, we're so gonna have an o- we're gonna have an over under number right. uh, that you're not gonna be aware of, and then when you guys come back, you'll give us the, the number that you guys ate, and then we'll see who won. Yeah. So well, we need you guys to be, uh, and and you have no incentive to lie here. Right. Yeah. So we just want you to keep track of how many tostones you have during your trip. Now you're gonna be there for. A total of four days? We'll, we'll be landing five. on on the Monday morning and leaving on the Friday morning. So, Here's, so yeah, four basically four days. So do a little bit of math and you'll see. Yeah. It's so quite a bit. I mean, I'm not to... It's a combined number, right? It's both of you together. This is the combined number, yeah. Can and, we and have so some side throws, bets on individuals? That sure. That some, some, you know, some stuff into the mix here because, for example, Andy is a big proponent of the sweet fried plantain. Right. He's not a tostong person. Um, or I mean, he'll eat them, but right. given the choice, it'll be interesting to see whether he just stays away from them completely. Yeah, you have to factor that into to the wager. Yeah, and then I can put down, if I really wanted to, I would leave that country in a totong famine. <laughs> uh, but I'm also attempting to be a little more responsible. I'm doing that whole so was hotel workout thing. Like, I don't know if I'm going to go too that. nuts. But yeah, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna make a conscious effort to like house, you know, the whole totong supply. But anyway, uh, I I don't like to to plug myself. But if you want to keep track of the totong challenge, I I figure I should just like maybe kind of do Instagram stories, you know. Uh, so no, you that'll can, be fun. So you can follow me, Nicolas A Jimenez. So uh, can you spell that for them? Yeah, that's N I C O L A S. My middle initial A and my last name J I M E N E Z. So Nicholas, Jimenez. Yeah, Nicholas with no H, A for Antonio, and then Jimenez um, for all of the Dotong updates. With that, all right, we've got some uh, some baseball talk coming up. But before we get into that, a word from our sponsor. El Galán Cigars. El Galán Cigars makes the El Galán Reserva Especial. That comes in four all-box pressed sizes, the 5 by 52 Airosos, the 5 and 3 quarters by 54 Apuestos, the 6 by 52 Gallardos, which, by the way, is a torpedo, and the 6 by 60 Obesos. All of these are 100% Nicaraguan puros with Jalapa Oscuro wrappers. Available in stores nationwide, you can find them at elgalangcigars.com, elgalangcigars.com, or find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at elgalangcigars, that's E-L-G-A-L-A-N, cigars, elgalangcigars, 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 elgalangcigars. All right, so uh, next up, Derek Jeter, who I believe owns 5% of the Miami Marlins. 
Marlins. The Marlins uh, has been the uh, the leader here in implementing a new program for all Miami Marlins players and managers to learn Spanish. So uh, we're not going to talk about the Marlins specifically, although they're sort of a case in point. Um, but I think this is an interesting initiative that I'm surprised has not, uh, at least that I hadn't heard of before in Major League Baseball, considering that like something like close to 40% of the players are Hispanic, and of those, obviously, a huge chunk have Spanish as their first language. They're dealing with translators and um, in press conferences, and even like in the locker room, they got somebody next to them, you know, doing that whole thing. Um, and you imagine, you know, like in just casual conversation with teammates, that would be kind of tough. Uh, if if you're in Miami, it's sort of an obvious choice, right? Because you also want guys to like feel invested in the city and feel totally like you know able to move about their town. Uh, but is this a move that you would make if you were running a baseball team? Well, me personally, no. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I hear what you said about, uh, by the way, I didn't know much about this news till you added it to the show notes. Sure. So, uh, but you just said that it's not specific, specifically about the Marlins, but it's a case in point. I think it's like the only town where this is really a thing, right? Because baseball has had Latin American players for as long as, right. as you can remember. And they've always found a way to figure it out. The baseball part hasn't suffered, so I I just don't it, it doesn't make it, any sense to me it now. Be uh, maybe, but I I mean I really I don't see it as yeah. a problem. Nobody's baseball win players a championship because they learn Spanish. Yeah, right? exactly. So, uh, I, I mean I understand in terms of your team is in Miami and you want your players to fit into the city more and no. this city has more. No, no, no I, I, I still right, say right, I don't right, agree right, with it. Right, right, right. I mean I understand him trying to do that, but. That just doesn't the, to make it mandatory to me seems absurd. Yeah, and right, my, the and team is not based in in Spain or Mexico or Puerto Rico, uh, or Dominican Republic. It's, it's Miami, which is part of the United States. I just don't see the maybe it's the it's mandatory. Maybe it's the direction where he's planning to take the roster. Or maybe they're maybe trying to move the team somewhere. Maybe <laughs> who knows? Uh, yeah, I, I would tend to side on on Jeter's. Uh, like judgment? base, yeah, baseball yeah, judgment on this, and depending on like what their strategy is long term on how they wanted to structure the roster, maybe it's something you know that's important. It just doesn't. I don't know. I mean, does that mean like free agents are more likely to come? Like Latin American free agents that don't speak any English are more likely to come here because the players are mandated to learn Spanish. I, I just don't see where this maybe. benefits yeah. the the team though. So I, I I think maybe the the baseball benefit would be if if your plan is to actually commit to rebuilding the franchise for some kind of a long-term thing maybe part of that right is is getting guys to stick around and have a more cohesive team on like a personal level so for like locker room chemistry yeah we don't know what's happening in there right right like but it, but, but if you want if you have like a a roster that's 30% hispanic if, if you're taking the averages, right, something like 35% Hispanic and maybe half of those guys, Spanish is their first language, how much does it matter in terms of them wanting to stick around, if that's your goal, uh, that everybody can converse with each other? Uh, I have to think that like there, you feel like there's sort of a, a distance between you and a guy who has to talk to you through a translator uh, or who just feels more comfortable talking to you through a translator. But the, the quote from Jeter, and this is from uh, USA Today's story, is, I've been to the Dominican and Venezuela, 
I went to Cuba with Major League Baseball in 2016. So I've been to those countries and they tried to learn as much as I, uh, sorry, and tried to learn as much as I could about their cultures. Everybody expects the Latin players to make an effort to speak English. Well, especially in Miami, if you don't speak Spanish, you don't fit in. I think it's important. So at least that quote is more about the city these guys are in. I'm fine with it, right. but don't make it a mandate. Right, right, right. Like offer offer classes to the to the players, but don't make it mandatory. I hope they don't have a lot of turnover, or else they're going to be going through a lot of Rosetta Stones. That's true. I yeah. hadn't thought about that. The amount of money they're going to waste the Rosetta on Rosetta Stone budget <laughs> through the roof. But yeah, it just it's I don't know, man. It seems it just doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I, I, if I'm the and he's a new general manager, he's not. It's not like he's a, a tried and true general manager. He's he's new at this game, and, and he's uh, dealt well. He dealt with a bunch of GMs, right? I know, but like, aren't you? Isn't the number one focus to win games and and build a better team? If if this works towards that, then okay. But otherwise, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, focus your energy elsewhere. But anyway, all right. Speaking of Spanish. This episode of the podcast speaking is... Speaking of Spanish or speaking in Spanish? Speaking of the Spanish language, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the word lechong. Oh, baby. Oink, oink. Oink, oink, people. Lechong means pork. Lechong. ¿Dónde Le- está el lechong? Well, it looks like a lechong is going to be uh, <laughs> at the Hotel Intercontinental in That's Miami. That's right. So... Mark your calendars, people. November 17, 2018, Cigar Snob's first, I'm not going to say annual. I don't know if we're committing to an annual. I would like it to be annual. First, hopefully annual, Lechong Challenge. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's going to be a good time, man. Oh, yeah. So uh, at the Intercontinental Hotel in downtown Miami, uh, we will be releasing more details, not only where to get tickets, but also who the contestants will be. So this will have a uh, pretty fun little twist for the cigar people out there. Uh, The idea is to get a handful of cigar industry players to compete in a lechong cook-off. So they will all be roasting whole hogs. Yep. Cuban style. Cuban style in a, uh, in Cajachina, um, which translates directly. More Spanish here. Derek Jeter's onto something. These guys are. (laughs) uh, So the Cajachina, which translates literally to Chinese box is the uh, the dominant brand in this style of roaster. Uh, the idea is that you put the coals over the the hog, over your pig, um, and so it's it's an indirect from above heat, so you don't get that smokiness. It's more focused on on the marinade. Um, Eric, you uh, I'm sure you have more details on on what this will look like, but, mm-hmm. but given the details that we have now and uh, and what we want to put out there. What is going to be sort of like the feel of this of this event? So I think first, uh, it's a it really is a, a competition. So we want these five cigar industry comp- uh, cigar companies that are going to be represented by their teams uh, to compete for the best pig roast uh, in the cigar business, and the winner uh, or they are competing for a charity. So each company will be competing for a charity. And uh, and they will, you know, the winner will will write a check uh, of the proceeds of the event to the uh, the charity of their choice. So the idea is that they uh, they roast a hog. All the attendees that we're going to have about three to four hundred people there, and the attendees will each get a wooden token when they walk in. And uh, when the when they finish tasting all five pigs, 
then they choose which one they like the best and they deposit their token uh, in the bucket that pertains to that particular pig. So, uh, and, and the idea again is the money goes to charity. We're going to have music, we're going to have drinks, we're going to have uh, a VIP section. Uh, it's going to be an evening event like 7 to 10 on November 17 on the terrace at the Intercontinental overlooking the water. Uh, it's going to be a damn good time, right? So the cigar manufacturers, they will be wrapping up their pigs about halfway through the event. So then they'll they'll walk around and, and meet and greet everyone. And everyone's going to get a uh, – all the participants are getting a a box with 20 cigars in it, a branded box from Zycar. Zycar is the official accessory sponsor of this event. Uh, they're also going to have a, a cutter, a Zycar XI cutter, and uh, and a Zycar lighter. So they're going to get this, and they're going to have their cigars, and uh, it's going to be a damn good time. So I would say uh, check back uh, for more details as we start to release them. We're going to sell tickets on uh, Ticketmaster probably. And uh, yeah. So this is yeah. super official, Ticketmaster event and everything. Watch yes, out. Yes, sir. All right, so again, November 17, 2018, mark your calendars, stay tuned here, and also on uh, CigarSnobMag.com, CigarSnobMag on Instagram and Twitter, just to make sure that you have all your bases covered and that you don't miss, you know, who knows how fast these things are going to sell out. I think they will sell out pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the price is going to be right. Uh, you're, what you're going to get for it, in ter- you're going to obviously have dinner, you'll have drinks, you'll... Uh, you'll have plenty of cigars, so uh, people are already super excited about it. Yeah. So the tickets will go fast, and uh, I can't wait. I really, I'm super jacked about this event. What do we wear? That's what I'm worried about. I think there's going to be a, a high percentage of Guayabera, I think. Yeah. Uh, because it's an outdoor event, well, it's, but it's very breezy there on the, uh, it's you know, right on the water. Yeah, and for anybody who hasn't been to the Intercontinental, it's a beautiful venue. You're overlooking downtown Miami. It's really on one nice. one side, downtown yeah. Miami, and the other side, the yeah. bay. Yeah. Is, yeah. yeah, it's a nice. sweet spot. Yeah. And I think not enough, I mean, obviously, Miami gets tourists all the time, but if you're an out-of-towner, uh, November in Miami is, like, the best time to get to know Miami away from the water. For sure. Because the you you can be out walking around and not be drenched in sweat halfway yep. through your day, so uh, it's a perfect time of year. Yeah, if you've never done Miami in our you know quote unquote fall and winter, uh, <laughs> with big quotes, yeah, with uh, with some serious air quotes, uh, come uh, and check that out. Plan your trip, maybe just book your flights now. And if you don't get here, you're still in Miami. How bad you know? You could be in worse places without tickets to a pig event. Oh yeah, it's yeah. happening, and it's uh, it's going to be a good time. All right, so. Uh, Back to our featured cigar. Again, we are smoking the Arturo Fuente Don Carlos in Robusto. Eric, how's that going for you? Yeah, I'm approaching the halfway mark. And this is a cigar that, uh, again, like I said earlier, it's it always delivers for me. I, I like this. Uh, right about this point, I think you start to get a little shift and you get uh, perhaps a little bit more wood than before. So the cedar gets a little bit for me, a little bit more uh, uh, dominant. The uh, spice turns a little more dominant. And then the nuttiness kind of drops down a little bit. But I know the cigar very well. It does come back. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a beautifully uh, made cigar. Yeah, I have, for, for me, the, the cedar is a little more pronounced now. Some of that, like, sweet cinnamon molasses stuff, is, it's still there, but it's, uh, it's, it's faded. It's taken on a smaller role. Um, but I'm a huge fan, and the the I mean it couldn't be burning any more perfectly. I haven't had to touch it up. It's 
Uh, the smoke output is good. The draw is perfect. Also, strength-wise, it's not it's not yeah. terribly strong. It can but be. I, I smoked 20 of them. In yeah, the no, you're right. Yeah. We did. I mean, for the photo uh, shoots, you, know, I mean, you want to give them an idea of what happens during a photo shoot? It's like we're, we basically have a cigar in the mouth from early morning to to late uh, late evening. It's a, a cigar lover's, like, dream yeah. situation. It was amazing. So yeah. one, when, at one time... I was smoking a Don Carlo, and uh, I lit it twice from this gentleman's. Uh, I, I used a gentleman's lighter, and I had to light it twice. And he took it out of my hand, and he handed me an Opus X, and he goes, "Smoke this. This this one's too fresh. This one's been aged for like five years." So I mean, that in itself tells you what type oh. of situation this was. So yeah, well, you know, he didn't say like, "Hey, how about like another one for my buddy?" No, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. What are you gonna do? Anyway. So, um, yeah, the excellent cigar. I, I remember this was, and, and I think maybe we talked about this after IPCPR, but this was one of the ones that uh, I was, the, you smoke a lot of good cigars, and this just coincidentally um, was the one that I had in my hand when we had a little bit of downtime during the show. Like, I don't know if we were kind of convening about what we we're going to be doing next on the show floor, but I was able to finish it. So, I, you know, not a bad cigar to, uh, to be able to smoke start to finish while you're on the show floor. Um, so always, yeah, that was what we were talking about, uh, you know, in that show after, or the episode after the show, right? where when you're smoking all these new things and then someone hands you something that you're very familiar with, right? how nice it is to go, oh God, look, it's like a, it's like your comfy couch and yeah, you just like yeah. land and you're like, oh God, let me enjoy this. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, shifting gears pretty, uh, pretty starkly here. Yeah, we it was yesterday, right? Yesterday news broke that uh, Aretha Franklin, yeah, man, had passed. This was actually um, so Aretha Franklin, of course, uh, Queen of Soul. Uh, I mean, respect, think. I mean, we won't even bother like running through a laundry list of things you know Aretha Aretha Franklin for. Um, I think it was also the anniversary of Elvis's death. Really, I didn't know this. Yeah, I forget how how many years had passed, but it was on that date. So many years ago, oh, no uh, that Elvis uh, Elvis died. You know the the music business has that. Uh, so I didn't even know this, but the music business has this weird thing where like uh, a bunch of musicians have died at the age of twenty nine. You know, like there's always this like synchronicity that's kind of interesting in the in the music business. So I had no idea yeah, that Elvis know. had died yeah. on that same day. It was forty one years, forty one years before on the same date Elvis died. Wow, but. Uh, you know, for me, Aretha Franklin is uh, forever uh, a part of my life with uh, Blues Brothers, right? Like, I, I loved the Blues Brothers growing up, yeah. uh, the movie, and the soundtrack, obviously. And then my kids now love it. So so when they found out that she had passed away, he's like, Papa, my son Matthew is like, Papa, the lady that sang Think, she she passed <laughs> away. He was, all, he was all sad about it yesterday. So, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's a big loss. Yeah, the music world. I mean, she yeah. was uh, she was something else. Yeah, yeah, and it's very few people, right, who have who, who leave that kind of legacy with the world. I mean, you're not going to stop hearing Aretha Franklin. Like that's no. that's just going to be like your grandchildren and their grandchildren will be hearing it's just the such, same recordings like, of Aretha. That voice Franklin. is such a signature voice, right? And uh, and when she would just like let it all out like that, it was uh, it was impressive. Yeah. Before we round out. This, the 50th episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast, a word from our sponsor, Villiger Cigars. 
Villiger Cigars, celebrating 130 years in tobacco, unveils its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. The Villiger La Vencedora is the follow-up cigar to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclán and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. This Nicaraguan puro, wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Alano Curo wrapper, boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villiger La Vencedora, which translates to the victor, emits a billowing aromatic smoke throughout the smoking experience. The Villiger La Vencedora, a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. As we do every episode, we are rounding out this episode with our parting recommendations. This is where we let you know some things that we think you should eat, smoke, drink, buy, watch, read. Ivan, what do you got for the people? Back to my culinary adventure in the DR. Uh, <laughs> so, Pate Palo, again, one of the best restaurants there in Santo Domingo, which we went with Francisco. They have an appetizer there called the Crispy Apple. Do you remember Damn. this? Do, Do you remember I remember this? it? I haven't stopped dreaming about it. So they bring these beautiful little morsels out on this tower. So let me describe them here. They're, it's a slice of apple, deep fried, and then they have all sorts of little morsels on top of them with like a, a battered like chicken. Uh, I'm no, sorry, yeah. shrimp. Yeah, they were yeah. shrimp. It was delicious. You got to have those when you go to Patabalo. Yeah, if you find yourself in the colonial zone of Santo Domingo, you have to go to Batapalo, even if all you do is eat that. It's just an appetizer that. that is, uh, it's just such a nice mix of of sweet and spicy and salty and savory. It's really well done. Congratulations right? to that. It's chef, man. That is nice. That yeah. is such a unique dish. Uh, Nick, don't have them. Eat totones. Eat totones. <laughs> Somebody's Someone's bending the over. over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my recommendation for this episode is an app that has been around for a while, but that I had not uh, begun to use until just a few days ago. It is called Next Door. One word. Next Door. Um, Creeper. Creeper Next Door. Cre- it's basically the Creeper Next Door app. Ooh, this is this is app. a great dating app. This sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the idea of Next Door is that they are trying to connect you to people who are physically in your surroundings, right? So uh, you get on there and uh, you register using your actual home address. And the only people who have access to that and like the most detailed information are the people who live within a few blocks of you. Um, And so... There are things like classifieds, people asking for, you know, recommendations of, you know, handyman, plumber, you know, carpenters, uh, I'm selling this furniture, uh, oh, the traffic is really bad over here, you know, let me put a post and people get an alert. So it's an interesting idea. I don't know, obviously, you never know how long one of these brand new social networks will, will last. Uh, but I signed up. One of the features that this has, uh, Ivan and I were talking about this earlier, um, I can pull up a, a map of my immediate like little development, uh, and it shows me uh, it color codes the households, and so the green ones are people who have actually signed up, and it's a good number of people in my immediate area who have signed themselves up. I can see their names, which is a huge help because I walk by these people's homes three times a day walking my dog, 
and I forget everybody's name. <laughs> we all know each other's dogs' names, and we're like, "Oh, hey, look, there goes Petey. Oh, yeah, yeah, Duke. Duke's looking good. Okay, lady, <laughs> I'll see you later." Um, so, so yeah, I'm gonna be uh, walking around with this thing, like, "Oh, hey, you know, Elaine, what's up?" Uh, yeah, that's my fake name that I posted. Oh, this guy remembers yeah. my name because of next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this dick. <laughs> Look at this asshole. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, somewhat creepy. But uh, yeah, I'm not really loving that. But you know, at the same time, it's like I, I, so I lived in that same neighborhood when I was a kid, and I actually did know all these people who were like in my immediate surroundings. And you know, obviously, things have changed such that like you, that doesn't happen. So. I think that's kind of what they're going for, right? Is to bring a little bit of that back, uh, find a way to um, have a, a, a social network that actually affects your uh, your experience in uh, in what I've heard called I, I like the term in meat space. Um, so anyway, check out Next Door. Even if you don't sign up, it's kind of interesting and uh, a good way to get to know what they're trying to do beyond uh, my ramblings just now is the August 10th episode of the Federalist Radio Hour podcast where they interview the founder of Nextdoor. So uh, even if you never sign up, it's kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting take on, on social media and, and what role it can play. So, Eric? So uh, last night, um, I was invited to a, to a wine dinner at Fogo de Chao in uh, Miami Beach. And uh, so I went with my buddy Manny Iriarte, and uh, man, we really enjoyed that place. Uh, the food is it's tremendous. It's one of these uh, Brazilian style. Uh, what do they call it? Rodizio. Rodizio. Where they they you have this uh, you have this little sort of uh, coaster on your table with a uh, one side is red and one side is green, and then you uh, it's a little bit like Texas de Brazil as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I'd never been to this particular uh, chain. So it's Fogo de Chao. They're all over the all over the country, but. Uh, Really enjoyed it. And we had this uh, this wine I'd never heard of. It's a Chilean wine called Vic, V-I-K. And holy shit, that was good. I'm not like the biggest fan of Chilean wine, but this was outrageous. Yeah. It was, I mean, so Vic was the wine and uh, at Fogo de Chao. So first off, obviously wanted to thank them for, for the invite. That was awesome. And uh, and yeah, I recommend it. I recommend both. If you can get your hands on that wine, Vic. And uh, and if there's a Fogo de Chao near you, was your coaster on green or red most of the night? I, I have to say that uh, we got we got hit with some early appetizers, and I uh, I I may have overdone it on those. Mm. So which is a bit of a rookie move. You got to start at the dessert desserts. Desserts a good way to go. Yeah, yeah. They had a uh, so they had this whole meal prepared for us, and I think they knew what they were doing because they uh, they brought out some really delicious appetizers that I couldn't pass up. So, uh, no, I obviously ate one of every cut of beef that they brought out, but I didn't go for the second round. Did you wear jogging pants? <laughs> yeah, no, they're actually, you know, I did see a lot of people wearing jogging pants, and I was like, <laughs> what's the wrong move. with these people? That's the these move guys right are there. pros. Those guys are total pros. <laughs> so, no, nah, but it was a good time. Uh, I, I recommend it. It was good. I'd, I'd never done it. So Nice. All right. So, with that, we bring episode 50 to a close. To a close. You can find us on cigarsnobmag.com, add slash podcast for episodes of the podcast, subscribe to the podcast on Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, and rate and review us while you're there 
unless you're going to give us a shitty rating, shitty review. And then shut your mouth. Keep it to yourself. Um, But that does help uh, make the podcast more visible to your fellow smokers who are out there looking for things to listen to. You can follow us on social media, Cigar Snob Mag. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also Google+. Uh, Finally, subscribe to our print magazine every once in a while. We uh, drop a mention of that. You can go to CigarSnobMag.com and then click on the Shop tab to subscribe to the print magazine or buy any back issues. You may be from a particular hey, town. you know that we recently uh, acquired CigarSnob.com, so that works oh, too. Oh, CigarSnob.com. So you just type CigarSnob.com and that takes you there as and well. And there you go. All right. That's so, easier. CigarSnob.com. Look at that. Uh, and subscribe to Cigar Snob. Not mad, just Cigar Snob. <laughs> uh, all right. So thank you for listening. Again, I'm Nick Jimenez with Eric Calvino. Later, y'all. And Ivan Ocampo. See y'all. Take care.